What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Time Out with Spartans. It's your boy, Nick. And it's your boy, Jacob. And on this episode, we're going to break down what we've seen throughout this basketball season so far. We're going to answer some fan questions as well as break down the recent news on Trayvon Morgan. All right, Jacob. So, like, before I went on vacation, you and I were discussing on making a podcast of how non-conference play was going and, like, what we thought our team would be like going into conference play. Well, I'm kind of glad we held off on that podcast because you and I both were for sure going to come on here and say we should start off pretty good and until we play against Iowa. But that's definitely not how things have looked so far. Yeah, definitely. Like, before – Christmas and New Year and before conference play, I was pretty confident. I felt like the like way that we were playing with no effort and just seemed tired was because we were tired with finals week and everything. But starting 0-3 in conference play, I'm kind of glad we've held off on that until just now because we would have definitely looked real dumb. Facts. All right, so before we get into the talk about basketball – um, I don't know if a lot of you guys have heard, but freshman wide receiver Trayvon Morgan entered the transfer portal. And although we didn't hear his name a lot this season, we heard his name once. And that one play that we saw Trayvon Morgan in, we definitely saw a glimpse of how big of a weapon he could be in the wide receiver core for us. Not only just throwing the ball down the field like like we saw, like, like what he did against Penn State as we saw, but I, I, when Trayvon Morgan committed and I saw how tall and big this dude really was, I was like, man, this dude could really be deadly in the red zone offense. And like when we're close towards the field, because having tall receivers in that type of field position is crazy. Yeah, me, me as well. Um, back when he first committed, I, that's a guy that just his height and physical like stature was intriguing to me and I thought that he could be an interesting part of the offense for years to come um obviously he missed his true freshman year with an injury and only appeared in a few games on special teams and had I believe that was his only catch against Penn State there for that touchdown but that's one it's a very surprising move to me especially Mm -hmm. because he's still a young guy and Technically, since he redshirted last year and because of the COVID rules this year, he could still be a freshman next year, which is kind of crazy. And that's somebody that definitely after Speedy Naylor and everybody else is out of here in the next couple of years, I thought could really make a big impact. And like you said, you touched on uh, him being a red zone threat. Like the man's 6'7", he's the tallest wide receiver in division one right now and he's got good body control he's all around a good player and that it's surprising to me and I'm a little I don't know the word maybe disappointed a little bit sad that he's decided to transfer because that's somebody that I was really rooting for on the down low yeah definitely about like all the transfers we've seen this offseason like seeing Trayvon Morgan go was probably like the one I was most upset about and most shocked about because we we'd made a podcast of saying like 
all the players that we could potentially see transfer. And never once did I ever think Trayvon Morgan would be a name to pop up. So, yeah, um, I was really excited to see what Trayvon Morgan would do at MSU. But obviously not. We won't be able to see that anymore. So I wish Trayvon the best of luck wherever he goes. And wherever he goes is lucky as hell to have him there. So, yeah. all right. So that's all I had to say about that. I just want to address that real quick. Yeah, and but same now for me. Get- I want to wish Trayvon the best of luck as well. Um, I, I lucky hope that he decides to take his name out of the portal and come back, but time will tell. Wherever he goes, like you said, they're they're lucky. They're gonna they're getting a good one, and I wish him the best and hope him a lot of success. All right, so now that we can, now that we got that out of the way, let's let's move on to the basketball side of things here. Um, I want to talk about the season as a whole right now before we get into conference play and what we've seen. I want to first ask you what you think the best games that we've seen, like maybe give your three to five best games that we've had this season. And I don't know, just go into depth on that. Honestly, I think probably the first three to four games of the year, we came out on fire. Um, the offense was struggling just a little bit, but we were still putting up 75, 80, 85 points a game, which is good for a young team. Um, after that Duke game, I was pretty high on us. Um, the defense was playing phenomenally for those first few games, and there was so much talk about how this could be one of Izzo's best defensive teams of all time and all of this stuff that everybody was saying. And it really made me a believer in that we can go a long way this season and that that hasn't been how things have played out so far. But I definitely think those early three, four games, with the Duke game in particular, as the best that we've played this season. I agree with you. I think that our best games so far have been the first three, of course, besides the Eastern Michigan guy, like – People were worried because they, they kept it close with us for a little bit. But I wasn't too worried about that at first because that was the first game of the season. Yeah, and the walk-ons then, were in with like four minutes left. That's true. Same with the Notre Dame game, which is one that I thought we played really well in defensively and offensively. It was up until the like very last two minutes of the game where they finally started to like cut the lead close. Because like, we only won by 10 that game, but we really could have won that game by like 20-plus if we really wanted to. We kept all our starters in and stuff. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that. And then the and then the Duke game, um, the Duke game, offensively was a little bit shaky, but defensively, I definitely thought Duke was the real deal at first because they were ranked six and playing at Cameron indoors is is a huge win. But then you see Duke later on this season, they they had some struggles too, and be like. Uh, this Duke team is kind of interesting because they haven't been shooting the ball well at all this year. Yeah, and then we get into Oakland. Oakland was probably our best offensive game this year. We dropped 109 points. But defensively, we could not stop Oakland at all from scoring at all because they dropped 91 points on us. That's not good. No, that's kind of when things started going downhill a little bit. Oakland dropped in the 90s on us. That Detroit Mercy game as well, they kept it much closer than anybody was really anticipating. And that's not to take away from either of those teams. You know, Oakland, 
even Coach Izzo said, like, this is the best 0-5, 0-6 team maybe in the history of 0-5, 0-6 teams. And obviously, Detroit Mercy has one of the best scorers in all of college basketball. And I, I think I didn't read too far into it back then, but now looking back, maybe we should have been a little more worried when things started going a little south versus the teams that we should, in theory, on paper, beat by 20. Yeah, but the one thing people are going to be shocked, I'm going to say this, but honestly, I think one of our best games that I've seen was the Wisconsin game, and here's why. We were hanging with Wisconsin that entire game besides the last four minutes when we started going cold and getting worried. The, the first half I saw against Wisconsin was probably the best first half of the season besides possibly the Nebraska one and possibly the Duke one. But I thought all around for most of the game, we played really well against Wisconsin. It was just up until that four minutes when Wisconsin ended up pulling away against us and we just started going cold. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think we could have very well beat Wisconsin. Um like, obviously, we haven't been playing well, but at the same time, there's a lot of room for growth, and we are keeping it close with a lot of these teams that are beating us that are very good teams this year. So I think we're just a few key plays, a few key players stepping up away from really making some noise in the Big Ten. And with that being said, like, let's move into who we think are some of the top players that we've had this year, who's playing well. And also get into some players who we think need to step up more. And I'll go ahead and let you start off with that one, Nick. All right. So me personally, Aaron Henry leads the team in points per game. But that's not who – I mean, obviously he's probably the best player on the team right now. But the player I've been happy all around with and haven't been disappointed with in any game this year besides maybe the Minnesota game is Joey Hauser. Joey Hauser has definitely been our, in my opinion, uh, maybe outside of Gabe Brown, but Joey Hauser all around shooting has been very well this year. Um, also, Joey Hauser brings a lot to the rebounding side of the game this year, which is really what Tom Izzo needs this year and what we struggle with is rebounding because, you know, having Xavier Tillman out, we're <clears throat> still trying to find that interior guy that we can rely on with rebounds and defense and I think Joey Hauser's our our guy that we're leaning on with rebounding and people have been giving a lot of hate on Kithier and at the beginning I was giving a little bit of hate on Kithier at first but if you really mainly look at it Kithier played a decent role in the, the win against Nebraska the other day he had a couple clutch offensive rebounds that gave us a bunch of double points, like just like points off the rebound, you know what I mean? And then some players that I think should step up are Rocket Watts. Um, Obviously, Rocket Watts was doing well with scoring the ball at the beginning of the season. But then you hear Tom Izzo talk about how he's, how he's been struggling and we took him out of the starting lineup for the past, what, two games maybe? Did we even start Rocket Watts against Minnesota? Um, 
I think Foster started, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know if we did. I don't know if we did Foster and Rocket starting though, or what we did with that. No, I think we did Foster and Langford. I'm pretty sure it was Foster, Langford, um, Gabe Brown because Henry was coming off the bench. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was Foster, Langford, Gabe Brown. Because yeah, that's what that's the game we had Aaron Henry come off the bench. So yeah, to basically put it all around my top players right now, dude. Aaron Henry probably Joey Hauser. And then coming off the bench, I'd probably have to say Gabe Brown. Um, a player that shocked me a lot this year, Julius Marble. Also, a player I think needs more playing time is Madi Sissoko. Um, but besides that, the disappointments this year. Man, I like Rocket Watson. I think he definitely has a lot of potential to be good this year, but Besides that 23-point game he had, I haven't been too pleased with the way Rocket's been forcing shots. And he's been really short with a lot of his threes, as you and I were saying that a lot this year. Yeah, definitely. And then then Marcus Bingham Jr. Man, I don't know why people keep saying we need to play Marcus Bingham, dude. I just – it irritates me seeing him play, dude. I just can't, dude. He just – he's tall, but – he just gets bullied. He just gets bullied down low. Yeah, definitely. I definitely uh, – so my top players, I've got three of them. I think the three players that have been playing the best on the whole team is Joey. Um, prior to that knee injury, he was starting to really come in. Um, I think the knees held him back a little bit in the past couple of games here. But I, I – firmly believe that he's going to rebound here shortly and be that 14, 15 point per game guy, getting us 10 rebounds, playing good defense. He's never going to be an amazing defender, but he's at least serviceable. He's definitely not the weak link on the defense on the team. And he's a good passer for a big man as well. So that's somebody that I definitely think has been playing well and will continue to improve as he comes back from that knee injury. And then Aaron Henry, you know, he's been a glue guy. Um, You'd like the scoring to be a little more uh, efficient, but he's doing his best out there to lead that team to a victory. I mean, you look at it, he's getting five, six, seven boards a game, five, six assists. Like, he's he's doing it all. He's a real Swiss Army Knife type player. And then the third one to me that I think, has been quietly the third best player on the team is Gabe Brown. Um, he has disappeared in a couple of games here this season, but he's electric off the bench. You know, he's got that sixth man of the year potential to him. He's a great shooter, very athletic. He's improving defensively, and I think that he's having a good season and that he can definitely get even better as the season progresses and then who needs to step up more I got two of three yeah I got three that I really want to step up as well Rocket Watts like you said the first five six games of the season he was looking so good everybody was real optimistic about him switching to point guard he was making better passes every game you know Izzo was saying oh he's asking me 
coach, I need to get more assists. Coach, I need to get more assists instead of coach, I need to get more points. But it seems like in the past few games here, that mindset has switched a little bit. There's been multiple times on the pick and roll, whether it be with Kithier, Sissoko, Hauser, Malik Hall, anybody that's setting picks for Rocket. It seems like he gets into that mid-range and his vision just kind of gets tunnel vision towards the basket. And he'll pull up for a contested 16, 17-footer. That's not a very good shot. When you have a roller wide open with a good pass, you can pass that man open and get a bucket or a foul real easily. And that's been really frustrating to watch because I think Rocket Watts is a good player, but he's got to work on his decision-making. And then another person who I think needs to step up, ironically enough, is also Aaron Henry. You know, he's been one of the best players, but he needs to be better, straight up. And the past few games here, he's been bad on defense. And he's had a lot of turnovers lately. And he's some of that has to be because he's carrying, you know. He's getting a lot of rebounds. He's getting a lot of assists. You know, he's playing – the role of a secondary ball handler, a score, primary scoring option, when he's never had to play into that role before. You know, he's been that third, fourth guy behind Cash, behind a healthy Langford back in the day, behind uh, Tillman and everybody. So that's somebody that I definitely think is playing well but needs to step up for us to be even better. And then the third person that needs to step up is literally anybody that plays center on the team. The center position has been utterly trash, and I hate to, like, just come out and say that, but it's true. And that was a big question mark to the beginning of the season. You know, with Tillman leaving, who was going to fill it? There was times where I was like, hey, Kithier showed some promise, you know, like he's, he's decent. There's times where Marcus Bingham has looked really good, and there's times where Madi's looked really good. But at the same time, there's also a lot of times where you can tell that they're young. They they haven't played a lot yet, and that hurts us. Like you were saying with Kithier, like a lot of people have been hating on him, and me included as well. And while I still don't think that he should be the starter, I definitely don't think he's as bad as people like say. He doesn't – he's never going to wow you. He's never going to come out and sit and drop 20, 30 points. He's not going to be that kind of player at all. But he's going to play with effort and go 100% all the time. And he's never going to really make it so you lose either. You know, he's not going to do anything amazing, but he's not going to do anything super detrimental to the team. I agree. And I I really don't think that we're going to really find that replacement for Xavier Tillman. I think we're going to struggle all year with the center position. I don't really think we're going to improve there. I think it's just going to stay how it is. I mean, we may get a little bit better because of who's our head coach and how he changes things, but I don't really see anything being a whole lot different throughout the season. But I do have to add one thing on Kithier. Um, Thomas Kithier right now, outside of Sissoko, is oh and Hoiberg, but Hoiberg gets no playing time. But um, Thomas Kithier is the one that averages the least amount of turnovers on the team. So for all those people saying how he makes all those mistakes and does a whole lot of things wrong, it's just 
Thomas Kithier just needs a score, and then he's a solid player. That's really all it is, and that's what Izzo said. So can't really go argue about that. All right, next thing, what what are some things you've noticed, like, with the team all around throughout the season? It seems like this team this season doesn't necessarily – they have veteran leadership, but I don't think they have that one voice that can calm the whole team down and take over like Cash in the past. You know, when things get rough, give Cash the ball and he's hitting a shot. He's getting an assist. You know, he's got that killer instinct. And I think that's something that we're lacking. And then, obviously, what else I've noticed is how – dramatic of of turnaround the defense has been they were they were great they really were they were phenomenal in the first few games that I watched they were good they were clamping up and the past five games six games maybe they've been not good they're getting destroyed on the perimeter they can't guard the three-point line they can't guard the paint I don't know what's going on I kind of have a theory with that where, like, last year, teams knew they couldn't really come into the paint because Xavier was locking it down. But this year, who who do we have as a paint presence that actually plays big minutes? Really nobody. And I think that since teams know they can go inside on us, it opens up the three-point line as well because we got to dig down and help those guys, and then it leads to a lot of open threes. Dude, we're going to be so screwed when we play Luca Garza. Because, dude, the people we're going to have guarding him, like, we can't put Joey House on him. No, definitely not. We can't put Marcus – we can't put Marcus Bingham on him. Dude, Mar- Marcus Bingham may not even see time that game. Maybe, like, five yeah, minutes. for real. we cannot have Marcus Bingham on Like, Luca excuse Garza. my friends, but we're getting shit on by Luca Garza. And there's no way around it. Like, he – that man is think, a monster. What do you think our best bet is – who do you think our best bet is to guard Luka Garza? That's true. Marble. Marble. Maybe. I think Marble has the strength, maybe not the experience, but I definitely think that if we want any chance of even containing him, we need Madi and Julius Marble to guard him the majority of the game. Madi might be raw and inexperienced, but the athleticism, the hustle – and the peer just – he's got great instincts on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that that can help us against Luca Garza. Some things I've noticed with the team, the three-point shooting has been trash. It has been terrible. Let me just read some – let me read off some of the percentages by the players this year, okay? So we got – 25%. Do you want me to read the names? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's two? hear it. Or just... All right. So we got we got Aaron Henry shooting 25% from three, which took a... He took a big boost in the Nebraska game. He made like four three-pointers mm-hmm. around there. Um, we got Joey Hauser at 36.6 points per game. I mean, three-point <laughs> percentage. Rocket Watts was supposed to be a a good shooter this year, coming out of the gates shooting twenty seven point five percent from three. Um, then we got, um, let's see here. Oh, we got Foster Lawyer shooting 
And then surprisingly enough, Gabe Brown's our best three-point shooter, shooting 47.2% from three, which isn't shocking to me at all because Gabe Brown's been a shocker yeah, all year. He's Besides been really good. And to me, honestly, I like Foster, and it surprises me that he's in the 40s right now because it seems like one game he'll make four for four or five for five from the field. But then he'll have two, three games in a row where it's 0 for 2, 0 for 6, 1 for 4. Like, it's, it's inconsistent to me. Yeah, dude, he went, like, he went like 2 for 8 against Minnesota. That's the guy that lit it up in high school. And he's like, shooting just doesn't go away like that. I, I don't know. He's not even making open threes. Like, I've seen him miss a lot of open shots. And that surprises me because watching him in the state finals when he was at Clarkston, literally in Breslin Center, he dropped 30 both years. He was just going crazy at Breslin, dropping him from NBA range, you know. And he gets to MSU and he hasn't been able to find that consistent shot quite yet. Same with Rocket. Rocket dropped like 15 threes in a game once in high school. And I don't even know if there's been a game where he's dropped, like, more I than five. I definitely don't think. I'd be surprised if he hit more than three in a game, to be honest with you. And I think that's, to me, the biggest disappointment of the team this year because I definitely thought Rocket Watts could come in and maybe not take over the playmaking like Cash, but I thought he would at least be competent to run point guard and score. I really thought he could come in and be a Keith Appling type guy where he comes in and drops 16, 18 points a game, three, four assists, and is a serviceable point guard, you know? And just the jumper is not there. Me and you have talked about it time and time again. Everything that he's shooting is short. It's so short. All of his threes, they hit the front of the rim. And I don't know what it is and his jump shot just doesn't look the same to me that it did in high school like some mechanics changed or something I just I don't know I don't know what's going on with him like I had the world like the highest expectations for him I thought the world of him when he was uh, a recruit and he's came in and he's been disappointing so far and I really hope that he can turn it around because he's one of the guys that we need to be good if we're going to be good I agree. All right, so to close the basketball part out before we go into the fan questions, I just want to get, like, a small prediction on what you think that, um, like, what will finish off. I can go first because I have the schedule pulled up right here. Yeah, go for it, man. If you want me to. All right, so looking at our schedule right now, we have, unless, I mean, the rankings are definitely bound to change, but Right now, we have nine ranked teams left on our schedule. And out of some of those, there's um, three of those are on the – oh, four of those are on the road. We don't play Iowa at home at all. So I think we lose to Iowa when we play them. But we need to win against Rutgers on Tuesday. That, that to me, is a must-win game if we really want to boost our confidence. Because that win against Nebraska helped a little bit, but having a win over number 14 Rutgers would definitely help that a lot. And then we need a win against Purdue. That should that definitely should be a must-win too, since Purdue's unranked and that's at home. I'd say if we can go 
have a record be three and three league going in Iowa, I'll be happy. Um, I don't know exactly how many games are left, but if I had to say something, I'd say we could end up finishing with. Um, I don't think we'll win all the ranked games. I think we could end up finishing with twelve more wins, maybe. I don't even know if that. Dude, yeah, I don't I'm really looking know. at the schedule now as well. It all depends if we can stay consistent. It all depends if we can stay consistent enough. I agree. All right, I'll just go down. I'll just go down saying if I think we'll win or lose. I think that'd be easier. I think I think we win against Rutgers on Tuesday. I really do. I think we win against Purdue. I think Iowa's a loss. I think Indiana's a win. Um, I think Illinois will be a loss, and I think playing at Rutgers will be a loss. Ohio State a win. Nebraska win. Michigan loss. Penn State. Win. I don't know if we'll beat Iowa the second time. That's a questionable game for me. At Purdue, win. At Indiana, win. Versus Ohio State, win. At Maryland, win. Actually, I don't know. I think we'll lose at Purdue because we yeah, always lose always at every year. Never fails. And then I think. I think we. I think we win against Michigan State. Yeah, I agree. Today. I agree with a lot of those. Um. Realistically. Ceiling and floor for me. The floor, I think, is sub-500, 500, 500. But the ceiling, to me, we yeah, the Big Ten stack. And realistically, the person, the, the team that wins the Big Ten could have five losses, six losses in conference play. So I do think that where it's not looking good right now, there is a way that we can win the big 10 and it really just, we need to be consistent. I definitely think there's not any cupcake games on the schedule. Um, the big 10, like I said, is loaded. Um, I agree with you that Rutgers and Purdue, these next two games are must wins. We definitely need to get some momentum rolling before we go into Iowa city. And that'll really, these next three to five games will really, give us a better idea of what to expect for the rest of the season because it can either make or break us. We can win a good majority of these games and make the tournament, or we can suck it up for the rest of the year, and that streak will be in jeopardy. I agree. All right, so let's just move into the fan questions. Let's just do, um, like, maybe five questions and just do quick hitters. We'll answer – We'll answer the rest of them on Tyson Tuesday. All right, so first question I'm going to answer is by Sand in My Shoes. And it's it is who is your death lineup? So like close close game. Um who are the five players you run out in the right court? now on our team right now? Okay. Currently. Currently, yeah. You wanna go first or you want me to? Uh, all right, I can go first, yeah. So, man, um, coming from experience, I like what A.J. Hogg has been doing, but I just can't – just can't pass away. Like, I can't – I have to put Rocket Watch at the guard spot. Then I got to go 
I'm going to do Gabe Brown over Langford. Man, that sounds terrible. Um, then I'm going to go Aaron Henry, Hauser, and then honestly, probably Marble. I like, I'm, I'm really big on Marble. I want him to start. Yeah, I agree. Um, That's mine. my death lineup. I'm going to do really quick. I'm going to do my death offense and my death defense because, you know, you switch a lot at the end of the games. My death offensive lineup, AJ at the point. I think he definitely runs things better than the other point guards on the roster to this point. He's inexperienced, but I think he'll be better uh, as we move along. Then at the two, I'm going to put in Gabe Brown. At the three, I'm going to have Henry like you. And then I'm going to want Hauser. And for pure offensive purposes, I might even play Hauser at the five and put Malik Hall at the four. And then defensively, I would probably go with Rocket, Langford, Henry, Hauser, and Sissoko. I like that. Um. All right. Do you want to answer? Do we want to do a football um, let me look question through. or I'll basketball question? Uh, all right. This is kind of a fun one. Um, right. This is from my boy Devin. Shout out to Devin. Um. He said, first or best MSU player. Um. I think he meant to say favorite. So I'm gonna give him my favorite player that ever went to MSU in football and basketball, and the best player that I remember watching. So my all-time favorite. MSU football player has to be Javon Ringer. Um, he was the running back when D'Antonio first started getting there. And that was the first jersey I bought when I first started really getting big into football. Like, I just remember Javon Ringer just destroying everybody, one of the best running backs in program history. And I think that my favorite basketball player – it's probably Cash. I love Cash, you know. Um, I love what he did for the program. One of the best players in the Big Ten, uh, in the Big Ten's history. And I think probably the Spartan with the most success in the NFL recently would probably be Kirk Cousins, honestly. Um, Kirk Cousins, he gets a lot of flack, but he's he's an above-average starting quarterback. He's not horrible, and he's made the playoffs a few times. He he's he's good. He's all right. Oh, Le'Veon Bell that. too. But I don't question. know, man. He's um, been bad the last three years. Yeah, he was a dog on the Steelers, but I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, favorite favorite for me. For football, man, I have a couple. Um, I like Connor Cook. I like Aaron Burbridge. I like Javon Ringer. I like Le'Veon Bell. Um, this is a – I like Demetrius Cox a lot. I don't know why. Mm, I just beast. really liked the way he played. Uh, I like one that – a player that Spartans – I mean, I didn't really forget about him a lot, but yep. I liked Curtis Drummond a lot. Um, Tony Lippett. You did. I don't know if I did. I already say Aaron Burbridge. Okay, I already said Kirk Cousins and Connor Cook. Um, the my favorite NBA, my favorite Spartan basketball players of all time. 
if I had to pick a number one, it'd probably be Cash. But to throw a couple out there that are really close, I liked Denzel Valentine. Um, obviously, I didn't see him play, but I like, I like Magic. Um, Mateen Cleaves, Gary Harris, and then Darrell Summers. Those are yeah, I like top, that. I like those top, top players. players. I definitely – I wish, man, that I could have seen cool. – Magic Johnson play in person just one time. That would be so awesome. And then, like you said, like I think Cash, Magic, Miles Bridges, loved him. Uh, see, I was at the game when he hit the buzzer beater against Purdue. That was sweet. Um, and then some more like under-the-radar guys that I had always like been a big too. fan of are like Goran Sutan. Um, he played back quite a while ago, probably mid to late 2000s. Um, I think he was on teams with Drew Neitzel in them. And another under-the-radar guy that I was always a big fan of, like you, was Darrell Summers. Mm, yep, I like, I like uh, Lucius, too. Uh, hit that shot against Maryland. Another one, <clears throat> Adrian Payne. Had that sad story when he was here. Um Man, who's another one? I yep, like Matt Costello a lot, too. Also, we can't forget about the success that Kari Willis has had in, like, two years in the NFL. Already starting for the Colts. Definitely. Moving on, um, the third question that I want to answer is from Gulowicz14. says, status on Rayshon Benny. Um, to everybody that thinks that he might flip, relax. That's all I'm going to say on it. Relax. As of right now, he's not going anywhere. He's he's stated time and time again that he's firm to MSU. He said that he's got family at MSU and that he's solid to the Spartans. So don't don't read too far into it. He's not going anywhere as of right now. Yeah, I have nothing to add on that. There's nothing to worry about with Rayshon Benny. Absolutely nothing to worry about. Just it's just them Michigan Instagram pages. Yep. Trying to spread rumors. Don't listen to him. He even said it himself. He even said it himself. I wouldn't worry at all. All right, so that's all I had to say. Um, our next episode will probably be Tyson Tuesday, where we'll probably just talk about a bunch of random crap. NFL, NBA, video games, whatever. Whatever we think about this will be a yeah, relaxed definitely. Next episode probably will be a Tyson Tuesday. Um, so tune in. We'll see how our boy Tyson's doing. It's going to be more of a laid back one. We're not going to talk as much about in depth into sports. We're just going to chop it up and just talk about everything. It, it'll be good. You guys are going to want to tune in for sure.